0: Our speaker is Dr. Purby of International Student Ministries. Uh, he's, we're we just privileged to have you here. It's such a, an honor. So why don't you come up? Let's welcome Dr. Purby. I'd like to pray for you. Father, thank you so much for how you've led this man into what he's involved in and what you've put on his heart and how you've stirred his heart for what matters to you. And I pray you'd stir our hearts this morning with what matters to you. Lord, speak to us through what you've put on the heart of Dr. Purby for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. I've enjoyed being here. Praise the Lord. All right. All right. A couple of people were in the first service, so they know the, the drill. But those of you who are not, I need to teach you Africa Preaching 101. Now back in Africa, I'm from Ghana, West Africa. And back in Africa, when we preach, people respond. You you know the scripture that says uh, many are called, few are chosen? I hear in Winnipeg it reads many are cold, few are frozen. But but when I say praise the Lord, the response is hallelujah. Can we try it? Praise the Lord. Wonderful. Now I feel at home. Thank you very much. The second thing I must do because I'm, Af- I'm from Africa is to set the time. All right. Come on, I mean, three hours in church is nothing. You know. You see, back in Africa, not everyone has a watch. But everyone has time. And then I moved to Canada and everyone has a watch. In fact, many of you have many watches, but nobody has time. <laughs> I don't know which reality is a better reality, but I'm glad to be here. And thank you for inviting me. I bring you greetings from my family in Montreal, Montreal, that's my lovely wife, Amylee, and uh, five children so far. Yes, that one is our latest, not our last. The two are not the same. Somebody has got to do this job, you know. <laughs> By the way, I was told that in, in the morning service. I, I'm a preacher that runs around all the place, and, and they said, we couldn't capture you on the video, so please stay here. So I, I'm in prison for the next... Uh, once in a while there'll be jailbreak is that okay okay (laughs) but i bring you greetings from them but i also bring you greetings from my staff uh we're about a hundred staff from coast to coast um and Been around since 1984, empowering international students to impact the world through Jesus Christ. Touching about 20,000 lives yearly. There's a table at the back that you can go and get some more information from later on and uh, sign up for a couple of things that I will talk about. Now, as I prayed about what to share this morning, um, I, I, I looked at the church, the forming of the church and the vision of the church and I was like, wow, I love your vision as a church. I won't ask you to repeat because some of you will be like, mm, what's the vision for the church? <laughs> to collect our money? No. Uh, this church has a vision to spread a passion for the glory of God to every nation and every generation. And so I, I looked at that and said, that's what I want to preach about. That's what I hear God saying." but add a footnote to it. Every nation, every generation for the glory of God Right where we are. Right where we are. And I'll explain that. Because you see, my aim this morning is that the Lord will open our eyes to, I'll say half of the mission of God that his people tend to to forget or simply ignore. About half of the mission of God is forgotten. And I'll explain that through scripture very soon. And our inspiration for this morning is a great example that happened right where we are, but touched the nations and generations. A young man came to Canada, not just to Canada, to Winnipeg. He was a Sikh. You know the Sikhs, those who have a turban, they have a dagger. And came to know the Lord in your city. And from this city, went back to India and started an indigenous church planting movement that, I'll tell you more before I end. But the nations were touched, generations were touched, right where we are. And so the scripture, all of this will be grounded in scripture. The scripture, our anchor, scripture for today will be taken from the book of Acts. Of course, you know, in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 9, Paul on his way to Damascus to go and kill Christians, He's arrested by the Holy Spirit, blown off his high horse, right? And and, and so that's Acts chapter 9. By Acts chapter 13, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I've called them. So after they had prayed, they send them off. That was Paul's first missionary journey. When you come to Acts 17, that is part of Paul's second missionary journey, which he went on with, with, with Silas. And so he had trouble in Thessalonica, people caused the rioting, and so he moved to Berea, and there also he had to escape from Berea, and so he's in Athens. He gets to Athens, and every week he's in the synagogue, talking to Jews. But every day he's in the marketplace, talking to the business people, etc. And Athens was a very interesting city. You know, all the philosophy and all of that. They loved TED Talks. You know TED Talks? I know they love TED Talks because Acts 17.21 says that all the people in Athens love to do was to sit and discuss the latest ideas. Sounds like TED Talks to me. So they invite Paul to come to Mars Hill or what is called the Areopagus to come and tell them about this latest idea. This thing about Jesus and the resurrection, you know that kind of stuff. So Paul is on Mars Hill and he begins to speak. And that is the context of the scripture. We're just picking two verses from there, but that is the context. I'd like us to read it together, one of the things Paul says, and how that is relevant to every nation, every generation, from right where we are. Can we read it together? Acts 17, 26, 27. Let's go. From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out the appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. You can say where exactly they live. Verse 27. Why did God do this? God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. This is an amazing scripture. That God from the beginning, right from the beginning, our God has been a global God on a global ambition. And he does this so that the whole earth, all nations will be touched by his glory. And he does this in seasons throughout history and in various locations. And he moves people around to accomplish his purposes and so you look throughout history even you look at biblical history you can talk about abraham isaac and jacob around you know four thousand years ago to the period of captivity of the jews the period of the judges the period of the kings post-exile even the last two thousand years in modern history you can talk about the roman era the barbarians the vikings uh, up to our time today where it's such a globalized world no one person really rules the world although some people want to say they rule the world because it's such a global village. In fact, CNN two days ago did the, uh, what is the guy's name, Quest. Took the longest flight. The longest flight right now in the world is 70 and a half hours, nonstop. Literally right now, there are no two places on the globe that cannot be connected by one flight. That is amazing. So there have been all these eras in history, and there have been all these movements of peoples from one place to the other but all of it is because god is on the move moving people to accomplish his purposes and and the movement of people could be voluntary going or involuntary going so some people who leave their country because they want to come to canada to study but guess what there's some people who leave because they don't have a choice there's war in syria so whether it's voluntary or involuntary whether it's going or coming god uses seasons and the movements of peoples to accomplish his purpose so that men will seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him. You know, Japan, for example, and I'll talk about it later. Japan is still about one percent Christian. And my friends in Japan say that and, and, and Japan is one of those countries you are not stopped from preaching the gospel. You can preach till you are blue, nobody cares. But they just it just wouldn't happen that people transform. But my friends in Japan tell me they've realized, and we've seen this in our ministry, especially in the Calgary area and in Vancouver. We realize that the, our friends say that they've realized that their, friend, their fellow Japanese are about 20 times more likely to come to Christ outside of Japan than in Japan. It's phenomenal. But it tells me again, God moves the nations around so that men will seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find Him. So you watch the news and CNN is saying, oh my goodness, there's global disruption. There's war all over. There are all these refugees. There's a refugee crisis. There are more immigrants than ever before. Oh, what's happening to our world? I'm here to tell you that what CNN does not realize, what CBC may not realize, you should realize as a child of God. You should realize as a Bible student. You should realize as a missiologist that it is actually God. On the move, moving the nations so that people get to know him. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. I like that. Hallelujah, that got me going. (laughs) Hallelujah. Uh, Because people movements are God movements. You know, people think they are going to get a degree. They think they want to get a better job in America or in England. But no, that's what they think. But God is working on his purposes for his glory. Look at this. This is a trend in the world right now. Look at since 1960, there's been a rising trend of people, international migrants. To the point where, as of now, we have about 260 million people on the move. Wow. Never in the history of the world had there been more people on the move. Listen, people movements are God movements. God always moves people either to spread his fame or to get to know his name. And you see that throughout the book of Acts. For example, he moves Philip. From Samaria to the desert to meet the Ethiopian Enoch, right? And he moves the Ethiopian from his country to Jerusalem and then to meet Philip. It is God who moves people. People movements are God movements. And he's doing it more than ever before. It tells me God is on the move, perhaps more than ever before, because these are the dying embers of time. There are two things I hope we'll reclaim this morning. One is we need to reclaim the word mission. The word mission is not a business word mission statement. No. The word mission is a God word. It's God's word. Because mission, this is one of my professors from seminary, and he says, most companies in the 20th century have a mission or a purpose statement. You know, McDonald's mission is to be our customer's favorite place to eat and where to eat. Whenever I go to McDonald's, you're helping them accomplish their mission. But mission really... Professor Sanquist says, Contemporary culture has co-opted the word mission, which was originally used of the Trinity, and then of God's mission to the world. Mission is a God word. God is a God of mission. He's a missionary God. Actually, we are not missionaries. We are co-missionaries. Because it is God who is on mission, and is invited. you know, we keep saying the great commission, it's really the great co-mission. Because we are on co-mission with God. It it, it is God who's on a mission, Father, Son and Spirit on a mission and He invites us. I hope this takes some pressure off you because uh, what you need to find out is what is God already doing and how is He inviting me to join Him in what He's doing and I want to show you one of the things God is doing right now, right here in your city so that you join Him in what He is doing. In fact, Chris Wright, great, great theologist, theologian says, Fundamentally, um, our mission means our committed participation as God's people at God's invitation and command in God's own mission within the history of God's world for the redemption of God's creation. It's God's mission. It's God's invitation. Mission needs to be reclaimed. It's God's word. But not only is mission God's word it is God's work and he's invited you and I to be a part of it Amen! Amen. I'm taking you to Africa <laughs> so we have a global God who is a missionary God and so John Stott, great friend of Billy Graham, he passed away about five years ago and then Billy Graham last year, but John Stott says we must be global Christians with a global vision because our God is a global God and I love to come to a church to see the flags of the nations of the world and the church that says our passion is to spread a passion for the glory of God. That is awesome because guess what? God is a missionary God, but on what mission? God is on a threefold mission. Number one, towards Himself to bring Himself glory. God wants to bring Himself glory from every nation, every tribe, every tongue. God wants Himself to be famous and to be known. He's God. Oh, God has this funny notion that it's all about him. <laughs> Rightfully so. But guess what? Many of us have a, an even funnier notion that it's all about us. Every nation, every generation, for? For? It's all for the glory of God. <laughs> Let me share this with you because it's not in my notes, but... I, I, Everyone has two kinds of theologies. Every one of you. You either have dog theology or cat theology. Now, dog theology is this. The dog says, you feed me, you shelter me, you pet me, you love me. You must be God. You must be God. The cat says... You feed me, you shelter me, you pet me, you love me, I must be God. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we are either living for the glory of God or for ourselves. God is on a threefold mission And I'll show you through scripture very soon Number one, his mission is towards himself To bring himself glory Number two is towards people To bring people a blessing And number three is against evil To vanquish evil and to establish his kingdom Forever and ever And so you go to Genesis 1 And you see that God is on a mission Right from Genesis 1 On a mission for the whole earth Because he's a global God He says to Adam and Eve Be fruitful and increase in number And fail Canada no, feel the earth. So people began to feel the earth, even after the fall, right? Even the sending of Adam and Eve from the garden, it was all in God's provision. God is amazing. So people began to feel the earth. You get to Genesis chapter 11, as people moved eastward, they found a plain, and guess what? They settled there. What happened to filling the earth? Right? Not only did they settle there, they said, oh, come, come, come. Come, let us build a tower, a city with a tower that reaches the heavens, so that, the Exodus says, so that we will not be spread. <laughs> it says here, so that, so, so, so that we will make a name for ourselves, sorry. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the earth. Is there a problem with this vision? Number one, they said, let's make a name for ourselves. Who is supposed to make a name for himself? God. he said let us make a name for ourselves number two they said we don't want to be spread that's a problem the mission of God is that his glory will fill the whole earth from sea to sea the whole earth as the waters cover the sea and they said we want to stick to each other we want to stick to ourselves God says no all nations and so we know what happened of course right the Bible says the Lord scattered them the purple isn't turning out very well. So scattered. The Lord scattered them from there over all the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it's called Babel. Because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. They wanted to be famous, they ended up being infamous. <laughs> they wanted to be homogenous, they ended up being Heterogeneous. They wanted to be one place, they ended up being scattered all over the earth. In fact, be careful. Be careful that the vision you have, be careful that the passions you follow are in line with God's will and plan and purpose and mission before He scatters. They wanted to make a name for themselves. Oh, yes, they did make a name for themselves. But they became known as Babel. It means the people of confused noise. That's not the name they had wanted. So God is on this mission. This is Genesis 11. Later in Genesis 11, God speaks to Abraham's family. Actually, Abraham's family began to move from Ur of the Chaldeans here. But when they got to Haran, guess what? They also settled there. And that is where God came to Abraham and said to him in chapter 12, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household into the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great. You see, he will make our name great if we want to make his name great. He says, I will make your name great, and I will bless you, and I will make you a blessing. Wow. And all peoples on earth, did he say only Africans, only Canadians, only Anglo-Saxons, only the French... Only the (laughs) Quebecois. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This scripture means a lot to me. Because in January 2008, my wife and I were reading the scriptures when this particular scripture jumped off the pages. (laughs) Up to then, I was very stubborn about staying in Ghana. Because, you know, by the way, it's not everyone who comes from Africa to Canada who is in desperate need of a better life. I actually came to Canada in many ways for a worse life life was great i was a medical doctor had a new car new house new wife life was great i had a national television program i had access to the president i told myself i'm never going to leave this country because i wanted to prove to people you don't need to go to america or to england or canada to make it and then god speaks so clearly i remember telling my wife honey by the end this was 2008 honey by the end of this year we will not be in ghana I did not know what was going to happen, how it was going to happen, but it was so clear. By June, God had kicked me to Cote d'Ivoire, Ivory Coast, to work with the United Nations there. By July, he had kicked her out of Ghana to come to Montreal to do her master's in economics at McGill. By the way, my wife was born in Hamilton. She's a born Canadian with a Canadian passport. Moved to Ghana when she was two years old. Never stepped again in this country. I don't care about Canada. But God was saying, what are you talking about? I made you Canadian for a purpose. And I'm going to fulfill that purpose. Anyway, I was sitting at a conference in Malaysia and I had the Lord speak so clearly to me. He said, it's my world and I send you where I want you. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, that began to change everything. Every winter, I ask myself what I'm doing here. But I tell you, but for the mission of God and for the glory of God, this is not where I want to be. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not, you know, I have a on page 58 of my book. You can get a copy. There's actually a picture of the accident I was involved in when I was in Cote d'Ivoire. And that shifted things as well because there were three of us traveling in the car, working with the United Nations. Someone ran into us on the highway, the other two people died. And I was the only one that came out alive. I said, Lord, You spared me, and you did not spare me because I was a doctor. I saw my doctor colleague die in front of me. I said, Lord, I want to spend the rest of my life preaching the gospel and raising younger leaders. That's what I've done for the last 10 years. And I'm here to tell you that God is on this threefold mission. I'd like us to look at that mission in Psalm 67. Can we read it together? All right. Remember, what are the threefold missions? Number one is towards himself, to bring himself glory, Right? Number two is towards people to bring people a blessing. Number three is against evil to establish his kingdom. So let's read it together. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. That sounds like God's mission of blessing people, right? So that your ways may be known on earth. Oh, his kingdom. Your salvation among all nations. Some nations, G, G20, G7, all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. God wants praise. He wants to be glorified by every nation, every people group. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples with equity, his kingdom. You guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples. May some other people praise you. May almost all the nations praise you. May all the nations praise you. The land yields its harvest. Blessing again. God, our God blesses us. May God bless us still. Why? So that the ends of the earth will fear Him. From Genesis to Revelation, God is on a mission. This is the middle of the Bible between Genesis and Revelation. This is about the middle of the Psalms and even there you see God's mission of bringing Himself glory, bringing people a blessing and vanquishing evil to establish His kingdom. In the book of Revelation we see this picture. A great multitude no one can count and they were all Canadians (laughs) from every nation every tribe oh the Quebecois will be there the Africans will be there the Anglo-Saxons will be there the Chinese will be there the Indonesians will be there we'll all be there from Genesis to... Re- it's okay to clap. Uh, it's just uh, fine. Oh, to the glory of God. To the glory of God. From Genesis, he says, all peoples on earth will be blessed to you. To Revelation, he says, every nation around the throne, God will do what God will do. The question is, how much will you and I contribute to that? Will we join him on his mission? Because I'm here to tell you that right where you are, God is moving people who He has made from all nations out of one man, and asks us that His glory be spread on all the earth, and is moving people to be right where He wants them, right when He wants them. Seasons and locations determined by God. Why? So that men would find Him. Ladies and gentlemen, there's something that is heartbreaking. Because the mission of God has always been in two directions. There's the sending of God's people, But there's also God's people receiving the people that are not of His his kingdom. Right from the Old Testament, even the people of Israel, right? Sometimes even in exile, they were sent to the nations and spread God's name and God's glory. Remember, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land, they said in Babylon, right? There's There's the sending. If you've done a bit of physics, you know about that centrifugal force, right? But there's also centripetal force, which is toward the center. Even in the Old Testament, you see God bringing the other nations to come to Israel so that they come to know his ways. Think about Ruth the Moabite, for example, right? She followed Naomi, your people shall be my people, your God shall be my God, and it ended up coming to the people of God. Mission is both ways. For the last 200 years, we've been locked in this mode. And God has moved people right to our neighborhood. And we fail to see them because, oh no, I'm going to Saudi Arabia. Oh no, I'm going to Iran. And the nations are right under our noses in Winnipeg. And we are passing them by. My friend J.D. Payne in, in Alabama, he says, Something is missiologically malignant. When we are willing to send people across the oceans, risking life and limb and spending enormous amounts of money. But we are not willing to walk next door. And minister to the strangers living there. May your perspective change. Oh, this, this morning I was so glad. A couple of people came to talk to me after the first service. In fact, one person, I was so excited. I recorded what he said. I wish I could play the video for you. And he said, you know what? I'm a bus driver. And it just occurred to me that there are six children I pick every day. And of the six of them, four are from China. One is from Korea. Wow. Right here, I'm reaching the nations on my bus. Ladies and gentlemen, because mission, you see, first, right again, he says, God's mission involves God's people living in God's way in the sight of all nations. I like this quote. It says, mission is not primarily about going, nor is mission primarily about doing anything. Mission is about being. It is about being a distinctive kind of people, a countercultural community among the nations. In fact, if you're not being the people of God, you have no business going. Welcoming the stranger is one of the most powerful mission strategies of God. Every nation, every generation, right where we are. What time is it in Canada now? You know, Jesus came to the people and he said said to the leaders, You fools, you know how to interpret the weather signs, but you don't know how to interpret the times. May he not tell us we are fools. Because some of us know how the weather is going to be on Thursday. Because you have an app. (laughs) But do you know what God is doing in the realms of the spirit? Do you know what time it is now? I am telling you there have never been more immigrants in this country than now. And why is it so? Acts 17 tells us it's because God has moved them to your neighborhood so that they may encounter him. Dallas Willard, who used to be a professor at USC, says God periodically moves upon his people to accomplish his purposes. I'm not going to go into the code. But basically, he says that many times his people lag behind him. His people don't get in with the program. In the world today, there are 2.3 billion Christians, 5 million churches, but we still have 3,000 ethnic groups that do not have a missionary. A million villages without a church. You know how many Hindus, Buddhists, Muslims we have in the country, in in the nation, in the world? 3.5 billion. But why am I showing you this? Because the people that have not yet been reached are right here and they are walking among us. We go to school with us. They are at the shop when you go and check out our Safeway. They are the ones whose Lord Almighty open our eyes. And for us, we deal mainly with the students. These are the days Daniel spoke about. That many will go here and there because they want to get a Canadian degree. These are the nations that are least reached with the gospel. Japan. They have the most unreached people. Japan, China, Thailand, Indonesia, Bangladesh, India, Pakistan, Iran, Turkey, Nigeria. Look at this list of countries. And look at the international students we have in Canada. Where do they come from mainly? China and India have the two most, they're the countries with the most unriched people groups, they're the countries that send the most students to Winnipeg. Is that an accident? <laughs> no, you tell me. Look at the countries, look at them again. Look at China, look at India, look at Japan, Korea, Pakistan, Iran. Because of the sensitivity, I'm not going to sh- you know, share certain things with you, but after the service, I'll show you one of our Iranians, right here. What nation do you want to go to as a missionary? Tell me, tell me And I'll tell you to stay right here And I'll tell you where to go You are them University of back. These are some of our students from, from, from India From Iran, from China Look, these Iranians Most of them are Iranians She's the president of the Iranian Student Society In her university, University of Sherbrooke And guess what? They come to Bible studies with hijabs on She's from Madagascar, came to know the Lord. She's a missionary now. She came to know the Lord in Kamloops, B.C. Ladies and gentlemen, God is moving the nations right where you are so they encounter you, so they encounter him through you. But many of us don't see it. You know, I went to launch my book in Kamloops and this lady took a picture with me. And Somebody put it on Facebook And at once another Muslim said Very nice quote from the Bible Dr. Pepe seems like a very learned man I always say to my Christian brothers To come to common terms Between you as Christian and as Muslim Allah in Holy Quran chapter 3 verse 64 Says the people of the book They call us the people of the book We had better be the people of the book Come to common terms I will someday like to meet him And discuss the common terms Do you see a ripple effect already? Ladies and gentlemen What time is it? This is not the same world Abraham migrated across. This is a quote from my book. Or Jesus was incarnated into. Or Paul preached to. Or Constantine Christianized. Or Martin Luther reformed. Every generation has a new dispensation and a new opportunity. Will we fulfill it? Or will we deny it? Every nation. Every generation. But from right where we are. I'm sure you saw from that graph. There are right now 500,000 international students in Canada. Half a million international students in Canada. Today I want to give you three challenges. Number one, God let my people be. This thing is very interesting because it's designed this way so that you don't see it. But they weren't expecting a black preacher when they did it. Three things (laughs) Number one We keep saying let my people go Let my people go Yes we'll go to Iran Yes we'll go to India Yes we'll go to China But I'm telling you today God says let my people be Number one Let my people be holy Let's be different Let's be set apart Otherwise we have no mission If we are just like the nations of the earth Let my people be holy But also Let my people be hospitable Will you welcome the nations in fact, do you know that in the New Testament, you cannot be a leader and if you are not hospitable? Leviticus 19, which says there, that keep all my decrees and my laws. God said that so that his people will be holy. They'll be set apart, they'll be different. But the same Leviticus 19, God says, love the stranger as yourself, the foreigner as yourself. And you know why God said that to Israel? He says, do this because you know how it feels like to be a foreigner when you were in Egypt. If there's any country in the world that should be the best welcomers of internationals, it should be Canada because we all came from somewhere, even if you came here 400 years ago. That's how Sanjita came to know the Lord. She came from India, landed in Calgary, had nowhere to sleep, had no ride from the airport, and a couple of our staff picked her up. Not only did they pick her up, she ended up staying with them for three years. You know what that did to her? She said to me herself, she said, after a while, after being so touched by the welcome of God's people, sent Peter. She said, after a while, I began to search for the God of the Canadians. Oh Lord, open our eyes to see what you're doing right about us. And may we respond. Let me end with this story. Because I told you about this guy. Guess what? He went back to China, India, started a movement that has planted about 10,000 churches so far. Do you know it was an ordinary couple called John and Edith Hayward who just took him in. You know, had lunch with him, you know, read the Bible with him. But soon becomes a Christian and look at what happens. By the way, I read from somewhere that Edith had always wanted to be a missionary to India but never got the chance to go. Now you tell me whether she needed to go look at what God did through her, right from here in Winnipeg. I spoke about this in, two years ago in Seattle, and after I spoke, a lady came running to me. She said, Uncle Baksink! Uncle Baksink! He knew Baksink, this man, who's died now. He said, that man, baptized, me, dedicated me as a baby. Because when Baksink came from Winnipeg to India, he came to disciple my parents. And he married my parents. I don't know why he's sitting in between them, but... <laughs> He married Lima's parents, and that's them, commissioned them in ministry together. That's Lima's dad, who is now discipling students in India. That's the family as they grew, and then they moved to, to the US because Lima's father came to study. And that's Lima. Then she, 10 years later, goes to China as a missionary. See, all started right where we are, in Winnipeg. She's now married to a Chinese guy. And they are also leading their children on mission, including, you know, helping, you know, under 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 serve people in Seattle area. And my wife and I met her, met them, last year, uh, two years ago. It started right where we are, Winnipeg. Do it again, Winnipeg. Do it again. Let the nations that have come here come to know. Come to know that there's a God who rules in the highest heavens, who's passionate for his glory and wants to bless them and establish his kingdom. Practically, two things. Number one, learn more so you can pray more. You can get a copy of my book or I ask you to download an app called Operation World. It gives you a nation to pray for every day. It's a free app. It's actually edited by somebody from Manitoba, Jason Mandrick. Please get it. It's free on App Store or in Google Play so that you pray for the nations. Learn more. I think on 27th, if you go to the table, there's a seminar on how to do evangelism, you know, better cross culture. Learn more so you can pray more. But the second thing I want to encourage you is to welcome every one of you. Please. It is a powerful mission strategy. I told you, 80%, oh, I didn't tell you that. 80% of the world's Buddhist, Hindus, Muslims do not personally know a Christian. Do not personally know a Christian. But you know the other sad 80% statistic? 80% of these international students who come from these places can study here in Winnipeg for four years and never get to enter a Canadian home. That's not right when the church is here. Thanksgiving, we put a lot of students into homes all across the country. Too late for you that you didn't know about this. But sign up for Christmas and have someone from the nations enter your home and experience a taste of the kingdom of God. Right where we are. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for speaking to us. We are sorry for where we failed. To be your people. And for thinking missions is always about going. Yes, we will go. But while we stay right here in Winnipeg, may you open our eyes to the nations you put in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our hospitals, in our shops, on the streets, in the taxis, in the Uber. Ubers are full of internationals. Lord, and may we let them encounter you so that that great throng, that great throng, around the throne, from every nation and tribe and tongue, we too would have contributed a small part to your great mission. Let it be. And let us take a step of obedience right from here, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen.